2: Opinions. Everyone's got one. On RSN 927's The Verdict.
0: Welcome back to a special cup eve edition of The Verdict. Uh, Michael Felgate, Matty Stewart, Mick Sharkey, and uh, now we are dialling into our international expert who is a great friend of ours on Racing Pulse from the Racing Post. He would normally be lapping up the atmosphere of Melbourne Cup Carnival, but instead he's now back in lockdown over in the UK. Lee head, how are you?
3: I'm missing you guys. I'm missing you guys. I'm missing Melbourne. I'm missing Australia. Um, but really looking forward to what looks to me to be an absolutely sparkling running at a Melbourne Cup.
0: Well, there's no doubt about that. And, Lee, you might as well kick things off because we're going to go through in race book order and Anthony Van Dyke, the Derby winner, uh, who would have thought having an Epsom Derby winner in a Melbourne Cup, he's got to carry 58 kilos and the record books say... He can't do it. The only horse that has carried a weight like that in recent time was Maccabi Diva, the champion, and then you go back to Think Big, who won with a similar weight back in the mid-70s. He ran brilliantly in the Caulfield Cup. He's drawn a lovely gate for Hugh Bowman in three. Do you think Anthony Van Dyke can win the Cup?
3: I think he can. I don't think he will, though. Um, It's fantastic to have a derby winner from Epsom going to Melbourne Cup. It's yet another marker of, of of the rise and rise of the Cup's international status. Um huge run in the Caulfield Cup. Loads to like about that. Um, the ground has come in his favour as well. He's not at all said appreciates digging big in the ground, so the better ground at Flemington will be really up his street. I just question whether he'll be as good over two miles. I think if we get a Melbourne Cup like we had last year, a stop-start race with not much pace, he'll be suited by it, particularly with his draw. But if we get more of a, uh, of a, of a staying contest, I just question um,
4: whether he can win it. Lee McSharkey here. That's the big thing, isn't it? You look at this horse's dam and it's an Australian sprinter with two-year-old form over a short trip. What's the general feeling from those connected to Bally Doyle? They, you know, they haven't sent this horse out past 2,400 metres for a reason, I'm thinking. That's my read on it. And, and that might be they don't think he'll stay.
3: Yeah, potentially. I suppose as well as that, though, over here, there wouldn't really be many obvious races to take him into beyond 2,400 metres. Remember, he won the derby last year, so really last year, his campaign from Epsom onwards was all about running in those top mile-and-a-half races. Um, He didn't really progress from Epsom, and if truth were told, he, he was a bit of a disappointing derby winner, and he went into this year with something to prove. But I think they still wanted to campaign him like a top nine and a Half horse, and to an extent, he's resurrected his reputation. His win in France, the time before the Caulfield Cup, was was a big run as well. So I think, I think as with a lot of the horses that Aidan O'Brien has sent to to Melbourne in the past, they see him as genuinely a 2400 metre horse who they're hoping will stay two miles, not a horse that they're convinced will stay two miles.
5: Reminds me a bit of say so You Think, you know, the class horse who's just going to find that last furlong an issue. But he's, he's got the barrier to, to make it as easy as possible. What do you think they'll ask Hugh Bowman uh, when they leg him up, Lee, about, you know, obviously knowing that there's a distance query there, what what sort of ride will they want him to do? Would it just be put him to sleep wherever you end up and save him as late as you can? How's it? How do you think they'll want it to play out?
3: It's tricky. I think with the draw, I, I, I suspect they'll want him to be relatively forward. Um, and although he's a 2,400-meter horse at home, he's also not a horse who would have been known for a sparkling turn of foot. You know, he's a, he's a real classy performer, but he wouldn't be one who's got an electric change of gear. You know, he, he was wound up and delivered uh, up the straight at Caulfield. I think, I think he's more that sort of horse. Although he'd be pacier, the most of the opposition in this race, because a lot of these horses are stayers. I still don't think he's one will want to be held up by the back. I think you'll see stablemate coming from well off the pace, but I think Anthony be ridden more forward.
0: All right, uh, Anthony Van Dyke is an $8.50, second favourite at the moment. Aiden O'Brien Runners uh, are the two at the top of the market as he chases his first Melbourne Cup, Tiger Moth and Anthony Van Dyke. Number two, Avilius, James Cummings, uh, trying to become the third generation Cummings to win a Melbourne Cup. He was knocked out of the race two years ago. He's a $51 pop. Anyone think he can win?
5: He's actually going really well uh, for a horse who never wins, but I just can't see him... Running a strong two miles with 57 kilos to win a really good addition of the race. He
4: should have placed in the Caulfield Cup, but he he got his soft ground on that occasion. He's not going to get soft ground tomorrow. I think that's the biggest problem for him.
0: Defending champion is number three, Bowen Declare. He's also a 50-1 to pop tomorrow. He's up five kilos. Jay Mott, good to see Motti getting a ride in the Melbourne Cup. Is he going well enough to be in the finish, Shark?
4: I don't think he is. Uh, there's been murmurings from the stable have been super happy with him right throughout. They expected a big run in the Turnbull. He didn't really produce it. They expected a good run at the Caulfield Cup. He didn't really produce it. Blinkers are going on now to try and spark something out of him. I'd be risking him.
5: He's going like a hurdler, I reckon. He really is going like a, a, a no-change-up speed jumper.
0: Master of reality number four, second past uh, the post last year, relegated to fourth. Uh, he's a $19 pop. Lee, what are your thoughts on Master of Reality this year?
3: And I think he's got that sort of chance as well. Um, you can't help but think that last year was his year. He so nearly won it in 2019 under a tactically sublime ride by Frankie Dettori, who got everything right uh, tactically um, on the horse. And I think that really shed him to best advantage. There's been not much wrong with what he's done This season, he's built steadily through the campaign, hasn't hit the same level uh, that he showed at Flemington last year. His last run was encouraging. But I think so much went right for him 12 months ago. I think he would need that again and a bit more to win on this occasion. So I think he'll be there or thereabouts, probably not in the places he's got a good race by Carson winning it.
5: I reckon he's got a good little... Uh, I don't think I've ever seen more better beaten rides in Melbourne Cup history than Ben Mallam in recent years. So he's got the guy on who is going to get it absolutely right and he's desperate to win it. And it's a very good draw for him. But if he couldn't win a weak cup last year, I can't see how he's going to win a strong cup this year.
0: Yeah, not for me this year. All right, number five is Sir Dragon A, former Coolmore Galloper. He came out and won the Cox Plate, and Sir Dragon A is a $10 chance bossy looking for his fourth Melbourne Cup. We haven't seen a Cox Plate runner in the Melbourne Cup since Maccabi Diva, and in the last 25 years, there's only been three Cox Plate winners that have gone on to a Melbourne Cup, and they've got a pretty good record. Two of them have won, Saintly Lee, Maccabi Diva, and So You Think, ran a gallant third. SMS, Sharkey, is the question mark tomorrow a firm deck with Sir Dragon A?
4: I think it is, looking at his form card. Lee, would like I'd like to get Lee's opinion on, on the ground for Sir Dragon A, but he appears like he will run the distance, which is a, a positive, but I just keep coming back to the discussions pre-race and, and whatnot at Mooney Valley. I think the money came for him so strongly on the day because of the ground. He's so much better, to my eye, with his toe-in. Yeah, I think... What are you're, your thoughts, he's like? right, yeah, I think
3: he's, he's, he was so impressive... We went back to his run before the derby last year in the chest of ours, and he was proper, proper deep ground. And I think everything he's done since then, to and including the Cox place shows that he's a better horse with some digging with some in the turf. And I think on a quicker surface, um, I think he would be a little bit exposed. He also had all manner of names uh, called of him um, through this year. He got 2nd and so I think he was really uh, a disappointing horse, Over here, And when all the stories came out of how much his new connections had paid for him, I think people over here thought that that they'd been sold a pot, but they'd overpaid for the horse. Well, we don't think that now, but I also don't think he'll win the Melbourne Cup.
5: Like just a quick diversion. What did it say about Australia's ability to produce horses good enough to win its own weight-for-age championship, that that a horse like Sir Dragonay was able to come out and, and win so well, beating another European?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, I think we saw we, with, with Adelaide a few years earlier, that it, it doesn't necessarily take an absolute top-notch European middle-distance horse to win the race, and that's, that's no disrespect to the Cox play. It's just a measure of, of where the top middle-distance horses, weight-for-age horses are in the Southern Hemisphere relative to the Northern Hemisphere. I think it's, a, still, a, it's still a big, bold move for a, a European trainer to send one, and you saw with Aspitar that it can go horribly wrong. And there are so many instances of that. horses, particularly at the Valley, just don't take to it. But when you find one that does, um, they just can have a, a class edge. And so Sir Dragon A would not have gone to Australia as one of the very top European middle distance horses. That he was able to win a Cox Plate is fantastic for the horse, but I still think if he came back over here next year and you were still running him in, in an ARC or a King George or a Prince of Wales at Wylaskett, he wouldn't be towards the very top of the market.
0: Well, let's see what Trainer Kieran Ma thinks. Uh, morning, Kieran. Uh, on the eve of the Lexus Melbourne Cup, how is Sir Dragaday? The
2: Dragon, yeah, he's in great order. Uh, had him down. Uh, Winksy just uh, strode a lap of the track with him this morning and, uh, and we took him down to Morty Alec for a... Uh, just a walk in the water and uh, he seems nice and bright and well and got his feet up waiting for tomorrow.
5: I saw that photo of uh, Vince Caligari's uh, when he was uh, standing right beside the jetty at Mordialloc. Like, how did he... Was that the first time he'd been introduced to the ocean in his life, Kieran? Do you know? Uh, I don't know.
2: I don't know. I, I don't think he would have seen any ocean in Ballydoyle in Ireland. Um, <laughs> but uh, he walked in there like if he'd done it... Uh, a lot of times, so maybe they have a little river or drain or something <laughs> they walk them through, I'm not
4: sure. Well, a Dragon A is a uh, a coral reef fish, of course. That's a, oh, a was, species of coral it was reef destiny. fish. So, it was destiny. Yeah, well, let's hope it's, you know, not a destiny for a, a wet track sort of uh, performance, though, so, Kieran. What do you think about him on a, on a good track, on top of the ground?
2: Yeah, I think his second highest rating. I think the Cox was his highest rating, his return. And um, I think his second highest rating that he'd returned was on a firm deck over in, uh, over in Europe. So I'm confident. Yeah, obviously, he, he does love a shower rain. But uh, yeah, I'm confident he'll handle that, no problem.
5: Are you guessing as much as we are in a lot of ways? You haven't had him for long and everyone's wondering about the two miles and a firm deck and all these sorts of things combined. Are you, are you going to learn as much as we're going to learn about Sir Dragonay or have you got some good insights in the last uh, 10 days or so?
2: Well, you just, um, you know, obviously he's, he's had the right foundations, uh, which is obviously uh, key going to, a, going to a Melbourne Cup or going to a two-mile. Um, He's uh, he's looked better and moved better um, the longer he's been here, and uh, since the Cox Plate run, like uh, on the day of the Cox Plate, his recovery was almost instant. Like he, he, which you you want to see after a, you know, what is a testing weight parade race? You know, his recovery was he could have just picked grass. Yeah, when we're putting the rug on him. Um, uh, to take some photos after the race he was he wasn't even there wasn't a flare of a nostril it wasn't anything so and uh winks rides in work every day and he reckons he's moving better and and uh his coat has definitely come on uh from that race so they're all the little indicators you look for and and uh he's certainly ticking all the boxes uh for me going into a race like that
0: big job for you and dave to have three runners in the cup you got the sydney cup Winner, Etta James, and also per Sand. Any place, Fluke Hope, for those 2
2: persan Pursan's got a big chance, I reckon. Uh, he's in on the on the right weight. And as I said, talking about foundation, uh, he's been racing all year, he's had his run spaced. Um, he loves Flemington. And, you know, it is a handicap. We see year in, year out, the ones down in the handicap tend to figure, uh, providing they got the right form lines and the right ability, uh, and get the, get a nice enough run. So he's uh, drawn out drawn out quite wide, which will uh, make the job a little more difficult, I suppose, for, for Mickey. But, um, uh, yeah, he's got the... He can, he can definitely run a big race. And Ella James, well, genuine two-miler. Uh, you know, if she could finish in the first half... Um, you know, I'd be wrapped
0: with that. Kieran, good luck tomorrow, mate. Uh, If you uh, win a Melbourne Cup, God knows what the celebrations will be. You thought you had a sister when you won the Cox Plate. So (laughs) good luck tomorrow, mate.
2: Yeah, that was a good one, wasn't it? (laughs) I don't know how I came up with that. But anyway, hopefully uh, hopefully I've got that problem uh, tomorrow. Cheers, boys.
0: Good on you, mate. Giramar, Sir A uh, is one of the favourites in the Melbourne Cup. Uh, Lee, can you get your thoughts on Twilight Payment, who is at number six? He's a $26 chance. He ran in the Cup last year. Is he going as well this year?
3: Yeah, he's actually had a really good season. Um, his form has been strong. Two good wins at the Curra, uh A fine effort in the Major last, uh, last time out. Again, sad though. he's now a seven-year-old. He had a fair crack at the Cup last season, he wasn't good enough, and I think he would just be disappointed if, on his overall profile, there weren't a few in the field who could improve past him.
0: All right, number seven is one of the big hopes, and that is very elegant. She's $11, Mark Zara uh, and uh, Chris Waller looking for their first Melbourne Cup. She's looking to become the first horse since Ethereal to win the Caulfield Melbourne Cup double but she's got to break her weight-carrying record to do it because she's got 55.5 kilos. Only Maccabi Diva has carried more to win a Melbourne Cup as a mare. Is the weight a concern for you, Sharky?
4: Uh, Yes, it is. She's a super mare, absolute top shelf as far as what we've got here. I'm just not sure if that's going to be good enough in this race I can see her running a great race and being around that top five top six because she's so tough and she'll just keep staying on she ticked the good track box for me in the Turnbull yeah she'll she'll be right up the top end I think uh, when they hit the line but uh, one to chuck in a quaddy, Matty, I think, rather than to back with confidence on uh, its own.
5: I think in her favour is there's no bottom to her courage. She just keeps surprising yeah. us and keeps fumbling around and doing the right thing yeah. with her funny action and everything. But, you know, a mare hasn't run in the top five in a Melbourne Cup since Maccabi Diva's third win.
4: Wow. That's, That's pretty a, incredible given their dominance across the board and all sort of distance. Uh, across
5: everything else. Maybe the weight regime in the Cup and the challenge and... And as much as she ticked that box in the Turnbull, she's still against a field like this would have to be a better chance on a wet track. And if she's not going to stay the trip, Barrier 15 is going to find that chink out as well. So I think she'd have to be a better mare than I think she is to win it. But she always surprises me, Michael.
0: Well, uh, she is tough and tenacious. If the track was wet, I think uh, she would have a a much better hope. But she did win the Turnbull on a good track as well. Number eight is Mustagier. Michael Rod's won a cup before. He's one of the outsiders. He's an $81 pop. Anyone give him a chance?
5: Not me. No, No, it's
0: All right, well, let's move on to Stratum Albium. This is an interesting runner because he's flown underneath the radar in Australia, Lee, and he is uh, looking for his price. Stratum Albium is quite uh, a large price. He's 50 to 1. Willie Mullins knows how to train these Melbourne Cup runners. He went so close with Max Dynamite a few years ago. Is Stratum Albium good enough to win a Melbourne Cup and beat the fellow highly rated internationals?
3: I don't think he is, Michael, no. I certainly think if he was meeting some of our um, elite stayers, he would probably struggle. He showed that at York in a group two on his last time. Well, he actually won a good race on a smart mayor uh, at Mbihar, um, but he wasn't good enough to win that day. I think he's a, he's a real good, smart-staying handicapper um, who can go close in group races. But I just question whether um, he would have the class to win this and also, we'd have the pace to yeah. win this. But against that, he's trained by Willie Mullins, who loves the Melbourne Cup, and he's very good at pinpointing horses to a right for the Melbourne Cup. So, Willie will certainly know more than I do, but I just I can't see him as a Melbourne Cup winner.
5: I guess the only thing that separates him from a lot of the other internationals who train in straight lines and have to adapt to Werribee is he's, Willie Mullins has got that weird figure-eight track, hasn't he, uh, out on the outskirts of Dublin, Lee, that uh, at least preps them a little bit better for Australian conditions than some of the other Europeans.
3: Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's got a fantastic gallop there, and, um, yeah, he, he's a heck of a thrill to go around, mate. He, he, he's a master at, at, at finding these horses for the Melbourne Cup. I think, you know, you, you sometimes look at the horses bringing over, horses like Max Dynamite, and, and you, you, your eyebrows raise a little bit, and you look at this horse and you see that he was pulled up at the Cheltenham Festival over hurdles in March, and you go from that and you think, well, how on earth can he take on a, a derby winner from Epsom? Um, but he's, uh, listen, I, 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 can't, I can't see myself. and I think his price reflects his chance. But against that, I know there are a few judges over here that, that rate his prospects and who wouldn't be surprised if he went close. But for me, he's a top 10, but not much more than that.
0: Dashing Willoughby's a 70-1 pop. I can't have him after the Caulfield Cup run, Lee.
3: No, I mean, talk about turnarounds. If he can go from last in the Caulfield Cup to winning this race, um, then that is an enormous achievement. He would have to leave behind that run, but more than that, I think he would have to step up on what he'd done in Europe beforehand. Um, and I, I, but for me, he's, 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 he's always reflect his chance, and I can't help but think that his jockey rather ruse his decision to ride the horse.
0: Uh, number 11 is finch uh, he's given a winning hope at 17 dollars ran really well in the cup last year when he started favorite uh, thoughts on finch sharky
4: look he's another one for the top 10 there's a few of them in that bracket he's big tough he's honest he just will bowl along there it'll be tough at the end but i think others this is the problem finch has in australian racing others have more pace than him at the back end of the races he stays on hasn't got a lot of acceleration
5: he's a kind of a giraffe elephant and there's no scenario that ever seems to suit him. If he draws out, he draws out too far and has no luck. If he draws in, he gets cluttered up and he's just, there's no scenario that ever seems to suit Finch properly.
0: <laughs> Number 12 is one of the favourites out here, Prince of Aaron. Uh, be great to see Jamie Carr try to follow in the footsteps of Michelle Payne. Prince of Aaron's price is around about $10 being placed in the last two cups. Does he have a better chance this year, Lee, do you think?
3: sounds a stupid thing to say, but I think he probably does. Um, and again, his price shows that. I mean, who would have thought that a horse who'd been to the Cup twice, been third past the post twice, as a seven-year-old come, could come back with with better prospects? But I think his run in the Caulfield Cup was tremendously eye-catching. He goes into this year's Cup uh, with it being his second Aussie run of his, of his preparation. Previously, it had been his third, and Charlie Files had had to work to get him into an Melbourne Cup. Well, that's not not the case this season and it, i mean quite simply, he just is a better horse in australia and that's not that he that's not again um, that's not a, a comparison with the dragon situation where you say a horse is just um, just better relative to aussie horses it just he seems to blossom when he goes down there um and he just becomes a quicker horse a classy horse a better horse and i think he could win it um i certainly think he's got a great chance of being placed again I don't think the draw is a huge disadvantage. I can see why Charlie's concerned that if he misses the kick, he's in behind horses. But if he does get the kick, I think he'd be ridden relatively prominently in the first five or six. You know he saves the trip. You know he travels. He's got a real big chance. Hiring
0: for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
4: 10 News First Person brings you quality stories from the 10 News First team.
3: Yeah, it was intense. It was Armageddon.
4: Eyewitness accounts from people that were there. I just started to try and free myself. You know, I had one free arm. I was able to dig around my face and free my other arm. Interviews with power brokers. Journalists telling the stories that matter most to them.
5: But it's about time that they started listening to the people. It's people
3: power now. We will not be silenced!
4: Subscribe to 10 News First Person on Acast or wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: RSN 927's Racing Pulse presents The
3: Verdict
0: Welcome back to The Verdict, it's our special Melbourne Cup edition, we are up to horse number 13, Surprise Baby he spoke to Craig Williams this morning, he is confident, he's drawn a beautiful gait, he was a runner of the race in last year's race, Sharky you've been a baby man for a long time are you sticking with him?
4: Sure am I think a win, the barrier was the last box that I think needed to be ticked he didn't get it last year and therefore was back to last. Uh, This year he'll be a lot closer, I think, from from seven. We'll see the horse midfield, just off midfield. He has a quirky sort of flat spot when when the pace starts to pick up into the race, but I think Craig Williams has had a, a couple of rides with the horse now. He understands that. He will be the fittest horse in the race. I think he's the best stayer in the race. I think he'll win.
5: He's just so hard to read because we see so little of him. He uh, was a good thing beaten in a, a weak couple last, last year. We've seen him twice since run well without setting the world on fire. And, you know, we assume he's going to do what exactly what you said, Shark, and I'm a little bit the same, but there's that little niggle of we just don't see much of him, do we?
4: It's quite weird. They've played the handicap game last year, and they've played it again this year. So he didn't... But they were never going to run him once they knew he had a weight that would probably get him in the field. Yeah. He, was, he was just going to be kept away from the limelight and let's see if it works tomorrow.
0: Well, he's a $9 chance. He'll be hard to beat uh, and he'd be a very popular winner. Surprise, baby. Number 14 is King of Lear. Grants uh, run third in the Geelong Cup. Anyone give him a hope? I think he
5: runs sixth or seventh if he runs
0: to his peak,
4: you know? Yeah, I agree.
0: All right, number 15 is one of the big guns, Russian at Camelot. He's drawn a poor gate again out in 16. Uh, he tends to overrace a little bit, but he know we know he has superior, uh, superior staying power the way he won the derby in South Australia. It was a brilliant run in the Cox Plate. What are your thoughts, Sharky?
4: I think he's, I've said it, sort of most of the preparation. He just does enough wrong to turn me off you know he needs to do everything right to win this race and each run we see from him he's there's a little moment in it where he tosses a head or or needs something to go his way a little bit of juice in the track the right sort of tag into the race i think he's an immense talent an immense talent but i just wonder if this year it it might not be his year
5: i'm a bit the same Danny O'Brien's on the line and he's going to hopefully disagree with me because I don't think he can win and hopefully Danny O'Brien, the trainer, disagrees strongly. How are you, Dan? I'm good, mate. Are you yourself? Am I wrong? <laughs>
1: uh, which one are we talking about?
5: The star, Camelot. <laughs> uh,
1: look, I think he's got a very good profile to, to fight out the race. Um, you know, His rage form's been terrific all spring. He couldn't have gone any better in the Cox played and, and now he steps out to a distance which we think will you know, be even better for him. So um, I, I think he's got a terrific profile to be fighting out the finish of the race.
5: Going to get a firm deck with warm weather. Is If you could have chosen your preferred track condition, is he, we're going to be on, the, on the, the firm side of a good three by the looks of things.
1: Yeah, I don't think that'll worry him. Like, you know, he'll just love Flemington. You know, the, the surface will be really nice. There's plenty of grass cover on it, so. Um, no, we're, look, we're certainly not worried about getting him on a, on a good three at Flemington.
5: And how did he come out of the Cox Plate?
1: Couldn't have come out better. You know, he really was super the next day. He's improved from the run. And, um, you know, he's just had a lovely grounding now to step out to, to 3,200 metres and run very well.
4: You're Danny... Up. Sorry, go short. Sorry, Maddie, uh, Danny, it's a remarkable to get four runners into the race and two of your lesser lights in Miami Bound and King of League, And it's look like they're just about to peak right in time for grand final day. Is that how you've set them up this time around?
1: Yeah, Mick, they're both... Um, King of Leagrants and Miami Bound, if they were going to be a factor in a race this spring, it was the Melbourne Cup. You know, uh, Miami Bound's not really a Caulfield horse. She, she saves her best for Flemington, and she probably needed the two mile to be competitive against this grade of horses, and, and similar with King of Grant. So, um, you know, they're both coming out of excellent last runs. Miami Bound was terrific at Moonee Valley, and, and King of Leagrants has probably needed the run there at Geelong, but he's, he's really improved from it. Um, so they're obviously going to run two miles very, very well, and uh, they're they're, as good as they've been for the last 12 months coming to Melbourne Cup day tomorrow.
0: Well, it'll be a huge effort for you to go back-to-back in the Melbourne Cup. Last one on on Russian Camelot, you drew the outside in the Cox Plate, you left it up to Ollie, he pressed forward. What's he going to do tomorrow from 16? Uh, Where would you ideally love him in the run?
1: Look, he'll definitely be ridden more conservatively. Um, the, The Cox Plate we really had to go back to last or go up and sit on the lead, and we didn't think he could win going back to last. So we, we rolled the dice there, and the horse still ran very well. Um, but tomorrow, I would have thought that Russian came on his midfield or, or maybe even further back, um, just as long as he, he gets him in and, and relaxes him for the first 2,000-plus you know, metres. Uh, he's going to get room late, and uh, we'd like to see him chasing down some horses too. He's been getting left in front. Run. Uh, his last couple of starts. So, ideally, he's got plenty of, of horses in front of him and, and he can line them up from the 600 and hopefully pick them off.
0: Good luck tomorrow, Danny.
1: Thanks, guys.
5: There's that steely All confidence right. of the trainer, isn't there, that, that sways you the other way. But I just think that the the, the accumulation of factors, uh, the the distance, the immaturity, the barrier, the firm track and everything, I, I, I can't see him winning.
4: The raw talent is there. I don't think anyone's doubting his... Ability, but it's, yeah, the fact is that you say yeah. on the day to, if he can win a Melbourne Cup.
0: No, oh, I think he can win. Uh, let's move on to uh, Steel Prince, uh, who was a, a big win in the Geelong Cup. Is that good enough for him to win? He'll
5: run well because he ran well last year and he's be- brilliantly trained and so on, but I just can't see a horse of his quality beating an international quality field in like the Melbourne
4: people Cup. People that like backing a ruffy each way, I think he'll draw a lot of money because he's in form. They know him from last year. He's going better this year than he was last
0: year. The chosen one was massive in the Caulfield Cup. He's a $31 chance in the market. Is he a forgotten horse, Sharky? Or big, Or, or Matty? I,
4: I don't know. I don't know if he's a forgotten horse. I think he's another one of those floaters sort of towards the, the bottom part of the top ten, Matty.
5: I think he's got the best chance of a, the roughies, and I, but I think he's about the right price. He's drawn well. Murray Baker, Caulfield Cup trial was good. Baker has a freaky rate record of getting elevating horses in this race. So he's going to go in my top fours.
0: Number 18, Ash runs an intriguing runner. Uh, He won his way in on Saturday. Uh, It's been a while since we've seen a Hotham handicap winner win a Melbourne Cup. He's $23. Lee, is he good enough to win a Melbourne Cup? And can he back up?
3: Uh, I don't think he's good enough, no. I think he needs to produce a lot more than he did when squeezing into the Cup on Saturday. And off the back of two relatively quick runs, I would be surprised if he can do it.
5: I'll bow to Lee's okay. better judgment there.
0: Number nineteen is warning uh, the Derby winner last year. He's fifty to one. Uh, probably disappointed in the Caulfield Cup. What are your thoughts, gents?
5: He could float into seventh or
4: eighth. I reckon that's yeah. the best he could do. I don't. I can't see him winning.
0: Etta James is number twenty, the Sydney Cup winner. Not many giving her a chance. The eight-year-old mare. She is currently equal outsider. Any hope for a place? No.
4: Others preferred.
0: All right, number 21. This is the equal favourite, Tiger Moth, and the most intriguing runner in the race. No horse has won a Melbourne Cup with so few starts since the 1880s. Kerry McAvoy is drawn barrier 23. Lee, give us your insights into how good Tiger Moth is. Uh, listen,
3: just despite that stat there, going back to the 1880s, I think he screams Melbourne Cup winner um, in the sense that he is. He's become the archetypal Melbourne Cup when he's a northern hemisphere three-year-old who's rapidly improving. He ticks the boxes that cross counter, ticks at rekindling, take your Paradiso, wasn't far off winning the race last year. This horse arguably, in fact, certainly comes into the Melbourne Cup with the scope for much more improvement than those horses did, having run only four times, having finished second, in an Irish star, only third star, having then built enough to run away with a group race at Leopardstown. Kerry McEvoy rang for the ride the day after he won that race at Leopardstown. He could improve for two miles. There's so much to like about this horse's prospects, and for me, he's clearly the best of ours.
4: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think he's... Apart from that little... There's a little question or a little query on Pedigree, I guess. He's out of a speed family on his damn side and there's some good short-course horses there. But he looks all over exactly the sort of horse that Ballydore would just aim up at this race from a long way out.
5: Yeah, I've got nothing to add. Uh, you know, I think Lee and you have summed it up really well. there, shark He's obviously the, the right horse with the right profile, isn't he? All
0: right, number 22 is Ocean X, Mick Price, Mick Kent, Jr. She won away in in the Ramsden. Any chance?
4: Nope. No, I can't see her winning. All
0: right, and number 23 is Miami Band. The Oaks winner last year, uh, she bolted in the Mooney Valley Cup, can she figure in the finish?
5: I'd like to, if there was a little market on which Danny O'Brien horse would finish home first, she'd probably be the third outsider or you know, or second, out- I think she might be the first O'Brien horse home.
4: She needs to get to the outside of runners, I think that's the, the big key with her, we saw her able to do that in the Mooney Valley Cup, she turned her form around from the Herbert Power when she was hemmed up on the rails, yeah she's another one that I think will attract some money from uh, once a year punters.
0: And number 24 is Persan. Uh, it's been a remarkable training performance from Kiramara and Dave Uses to get Persan into the Melbourne Cup, and he sounded pretty confident that he was going to run a good race. $31, Sharkey?
4: Incredibly tough. I think sits in the first half of the field. Probably a classier... Uh, or, a, or a more dynamic version, or sort of similar sort of horses. Finch, you know, Finch is just that one pace. Persan's got a little bit of change-up speed. He's, he's still got a bit more to offer. I don't think we've seen the, the very best of Persan yet. Yeah.
5: I'm just too shocked by what's the the rapidly unfolding story of Persan. I, I just yeah. can't see him, uh, you know, hitting the line with Anthony Van Dyke and uh, and uh, you know Tiger Moth and others. I just can't see it. I mean, I, I respect Kieran's view, but I just can't see he's got any hope.
0: All right, well, that is a synopsis on all 24 runners in tomorrow's Lexus Melbourne Cup. Lee, as you're our guest, and I'm pretty sure you're tipping an international winner, give us your top four in tomorrow's Cup.
3: Well, you say that, Michael. So working back, I think Finch for fourth, because I've always played Finch in Melbourne Cup, and I'd be gutted if he wasn't there or thereabouts. I think Prince of Aaron will be third past the post again. I think the second, Tiger Moth has such a huge chance. I get it. I say he screams Melbourne Cup winner, and I think he will be very close to winning it. But I would be much more enthusiastic than the boys were about Very Elegant. I adore um, mm. Very Elegant. I think, uh, although the ground is against her, and there's an awful lot against her in many ways, I thought she was decisively holding Anthony Van Dyke at the end of the Caulfield Cup. And I think just as she's always improved when she's got up to... 2,400. I think she could improve again the two miles, and I think
0: she could be Chris Wallace's first Melbourne Cup winner. Wow. Going with uh, a Kiwi now Aussie homebred to beat the Europeans, uh, Lee Motter's head. Sharky, who have you got on top? Or I should say, who have you got second to Surprise Baby? Uh,
4: yeah, Surprise Baby on top, number 13 to beat number 6, Twilight Payment, number 21, Tiger Moth and Old Love. Number 7, Very Elegant.
5: For what it's worth, because I've never had less confidence about a Melbourne Cup, I just have no feel for the for the dangers <laughs> and the key. I love the race, but I just I have no conviction about what I think. Uh, so in, in light of that, I'm going with Anthony uh, Van Dyke uh, for obvious reasons. I think he might just be the late diver, with a with a smother with his class one to beat Tiger Moth, um, Finch and Prince of Aaron. So one, 21, 11 and twelve for me.
0: It is the most open Melbourne Cup in recent years and probably uh, the, the, Highest quality. It's $8 the field. For what it's worth, I'm sticking with Surprise Baby. I was with him last year. I'm backing up again. Uh, I'd love to see the baby win a cup. I think Russian Camelot's going to run a huge race, especially happy to hear they're going to ride him quiet uh, and leave him with one run today. I think he'll be a danger. You've got to put Tiger Moth in uh, and Old Prince of Aaron. I would love to see him in the finish as well, but huge chances to any other number of horses, including. Very elegant, who I think will run well. If it had been wet, she would have been my top selection. Uh, Lee, enjoy Melbourne Cup Day. Sad you won't be there trackside, but you'll be staying up late to watch it, no doubt.
3: Oh, Michael, it's my favourite flat race in the world, and even from afar, it's going to be spectacular to watch.
0: Enjoy it. Lee Mulder's head from the Racing Post over in the UK. Uh, uh, Sharky and also Maddie. enjoy Cup Day. Uh, I know Melbourne Cup Radio is going to be huge tomorrow. And don't forget the full form panel with Dean Lester and the boys will be on tomorrow morning as well. Uh, Sharky, where will you be tomorrow?
4: I'll probably be at home, Michael, just relaxing. I think mum and dad are coming around to watch it with us. Uh, that'll be nice. Get the kids around. Get them into it. Last year,
0: you had surprise baby going for about three hundred thousand. Last year, have you got anything big this year?
4: We've got it going for a smaller result this year, but a result nonetheless. <laughs> uh,
0: Maddie, enjoy Cup Day.
5: You too, Michael. And uh, good luck with the, the ten coverage. And we'll be uh, hovering up there on the on the fifth floor, looking over you. <laughs> <doing> our
0: <radio. laughs> uh, make sure you tune in uh, to uh, 10 tomorrow and also Melbourne Cup Radio on RSN uh, that's it for me, uh, the Hornet will be up next to take you through all the selections for today's races, enjoy Cup Day tomorrow, it is truly one of the great days every year in Australia and good luck with whoever you're backing